0: Welcome to Ruby Red Slippers Soul Care Podcasts and the Renegade Women and Soul Care series. I'm your host, Arlana Scola. Who is the renegade woman? She is the woman who behaves in an unconventional manner. She is the woman who rises to the occasion of her calling, her vocation, her passion to overcoming, to serving, and to bettering the world and any other number of verbs that call to her soul. Many people ask, what is soul care? Soul care is an ancient practice and a modern-day necessity. The care of the soul was and is central to our spiritual life. C.S. Lewis said, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. Caring for the soul matters because soul neglect happens. Soul deprivation is real, And caring for the soul is of vital importance to leading a well-balanced and abundant life. The following is a beautiful quote from Ken Geyer. He says, The soul, though at all times hidden, is at all times revealed, expressing itself through everything we say and do. Through the ordinary brushstrokes of everyday life, a portrait of our soul is being painted. Such an eloquent expression. In the process of being renegade women and caring for our souls, we must remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. Welcome to Ruby Red Slippers Soul Care Podcasts and the Renegade Women and Soul Care Series. I'm your host, Arlana Scola. Today, my guest is Sherry Javad, and she is a renegade woman. Here's a little bit from her bio Sherry is a dynamic chief executive with over 27 years of experience leading top organizations in the financial services industry. Currently, the president and executive officer of SMW104 Federal Credit Union in Northern California. She is the first female Iranian-American president and CEO of a credit union in the United States. I just got goosebumps a dedicated organizational leader with an exceptional ability to innovate and refine business operations. Sherry is an experienced executive, a visionary leader, and a strategist. Sherry has extensive experience in the financial industry. She is skilled in implementing strategic planning and solutions that optimize productivity, profitability, and market share, and serves as California Credit Union League East Bay board member. Her personal life came to the U.S. in 1977 to start college. The revolution did not leave any room to go back home. She made U.S. her home, married, divorced, and has two beautiful children, ages 35 and 31. She lived in Orange County and moved to the San Francisco area in 2018. Sherry, welcome to the show, and thank you for being my guest. My pleasure, Arlana. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation, and I have loved you for decades, and our lives don't permit us enough time together, but I am a huge fan, and I've always admired your beautiful heart and your compassion for humanity and the way that you love your family. That's a big connection
1: for us, uh, as I think, as you well put it. Don't have enough time, didn't have enough time, and hopefully we'll make enough time to, yes. to spend more time. But it's always been a pleasure. And you're one of those people, I was trying to describe you to a friend of mine uh, this morning that, you know, when you enter a room, the room just lights up and you wonder what wow. happened. Wow. So, and I absolutely feel that every time I, I see you. So been a pleasure and, and hopefully we can do more of it.
0: Yes. I thank you for that. And, and I hope so as well. And can I speak a little bit about how we did meet so many years ago? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to get a couple of specifics right, and you can jump in and correct me. But I was married to a gentleman from Iran, and he, he came here right as the revolution was happening. And I met some of his amazing family members. And you are one of those people. And I feel so honored and so blessed with some of the family members that I met that I've remained friends with. And it was just such, such a great, great outcome of my marriage to him. So that's kind of how we met initially. And then at family events over the years. And then when our marriage dissolved, we met at unfortunate events, which were usually memorial services or funerals but always was this connection that we shared absolutely is there anything else that you'd like the get the the audience to know that wasn't on your bio
1: No, I think my my bio covers probably my professional side of life a little bit better than personal side. But I think the personal side is going to have its moment
0: when we talk a little bit more today. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Why would you consider yourself to be a renegade woman? You know, that's
1: something I really had to think about. and, And then I realized I'm working a little too hard to think about why is it or why was it? I think I was Raised that way, I mm-hmm. would say by by my mother and my father. Uh, being raised in Iran, it was a way of saying, "Look, you are, you are Iranian. This is the culture you're born in. This is the religion you're born in." But you know, there's a lot more to you than that, and you don't stop here. And uh, I feel like that's really how I live my life. That okay. These are the cards that I have been dealt with, but doesn't mean anything that should stop me or uh, should stop my progress. So
0: I'd say that's why. Okay. Okay. I love that. And and I love that, that your mom gifted you with that. And I loved your mother, as you know, mm-hmm. she was a very, very special woman, but I love that she gifted that to you as an Iranian woman. And then as an Iranian woman that came to America to live her life. So I'm thankful that your mom was a renegade woman and that she poured that into you. And I know that you are pouring that into your daughter and using that to, to help refine your son as, as both of your, your children grow, grow and mature. So what do you consider to be your most significant accomplishment?
1: You know, there are items we can add together and say this happened, that happened, and this I got or this I didn't get. But I really think that the biggest accomplishment that that I've accomplished is the ability to understand my own limiting beliefs and find the price that one pays for that limiting beliefs. And it hits me on, uh, you know, many, many different fronts. But I learned that's my biggest accomplishment to be able to say, you know, I don't think so. I know you really believe this, but I think there's room. Uh, And probably the person who taught me more than anyone was my newborn son, because I continuously needed to kind of understand, is that my limiting belief? it really how it is. So I would say that's the one that I cherish the most.
0: Wow, that is absolutely beautiful. And um, if you don't know already, my listeners do, I get these chill bumps, goosebumps. And when this powerful stuff is stated and I just got them, that's so powerful. That is so, so powerful. I'm going to put that in the show notes. People need to remember that. What is your favorite word and why, Sherry? Favorite word for for me is hope.
1: Hope opens up that door of possibility. I remember when COVID hit, there was like a, a cloud over the world. Right. And I was thinking, what really happened? And I thought, well, you know what? Hope is lifted and we kind of don't have hope. So for me... When I hear hope, I remember Barack Obama was, was speaking and he used the word hope. Yes. The moment he said that, I just
0: felt like things got lit up. Mm-hmm. So that's the word for me. Yeah, it's a powerful word and it covers every aspect of life. It's not a word that's narrow and i love the word in fact i'm uh, writing a chapter for another book and the three words that i'm using for my chapter are love hope and words and so hope is is ever present like in my face right now and i just love that you that you choose that to be and that plays out in your life as your favorite word and now you gave me goosebumps
1: <laughs> you really did just, just- I I totally got that.
0: Yeah, that that was huge. That was one of those moments where it's like, "Whoa." Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's super wonderful. What is your least favorite word and why? Oppression. Oppression. Oppression because
1: I'm I I think it has a lot to do with where I am today in the states yet I saw particularly with what happened to the young teens in my country of birth. And I constantly see that happening in particularly females that, that are born in the third world country that really just live an oppressed life simply because of where they were born, the culture, they were born, the religion that they were born under. And, um, It's a very painful word for me. Very, very painful.
0: Yes, yes, it is. And unfortunately, it's a word that has happened for so, 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 so many countries, for so many people, for so many women, for thousands of years. And you would think that we would have made it to a point where we wouldn't even need that word in our vocabulary but we're not there yet. And you and I and people of like mind can use your favorite word, hope, to keep us going and to pour that hope onto other people and to do what we can to uplift those that are oppressed. So yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. For
1: sure. What makes you weep? I think we can start with, with oppression. Yeah. That always, honestly, that always makes me weep. I think the most recent experience that I had and and that made me go back to years ago when I was a teenager, when I would see these 14, 12, 14 year olds that uh, girls that had mm-hmm. grown up so fast to be able to do what they were doing. And, and when I would listen to how they spoke about what really was going on with women in Iran and there's a particular girl she rapped and you know usually you know rap music also points to a lot of yeah pain in in life and you would hear her words and she would say I don't want to be a pawn in your hand I don't want to be a pawn in their hand you know or in anyone's hand I just want to be free I just Mm want to breathe I just want to stop worrying about what is going to happen to my life. And that every time I hear those songs, it's it yeah. sad. Yeah. And we yeah. weep.
0: Yeah. Before I post the show, if you can give me the link or tell me the name of that song, that rapping, um, if it's available, I would love to put it in the show notes. I would love that. I would okay.
1: I have to look for it. You know, not so much her words, but it's the pain that they feel, the pain that is staring them in the face that you
0: just say, God, you're only 14. Like, yeah. Wow. Oh No, I hear you loud and clear. And and you know of my seven or eight years as a chaplain in juvenile hall. And believe me, I I heard that pain and that agony every day through the stories that, that these young girls were telling me. So, yeah. And there there were the victims of oppression as well. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. It has no, I would say it has no boundaries, really.
0: Absolutely. What is the hardest thing you've ever done?
1: Uh, I think witnessed my parents when they died. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was very difficult. Very, very difficult. Um, I knew it was going to happen. And when it happened, um, it was very difficult. And, you know, with my dad, I struggled for years to believe that, although it had happened, that's the interesting part. And with my mom, it it was just as hard, although I know if she had her preference, she wouldn't want to You know, mom passed away from dementia Yeah, and she wouldn't have wanted to live that way. But that, I would say, tops one of the two hardest things I've ever done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I hear you loud and clear. And it's interesting what you said about your dad, because, you know, you've met my dad and he traveled all over the world. and, And that was part of the connection of the family being able to come over here from Iran was his connections internationally and all that stuff but he's been gone now eight years, I believe it's eight years. And I went by to see him the other day. And I just thought, you know, for me, it's like, he's just on another trip, you know, because he was always gone, mm. you know, and he always came back, but it was just like, yeah, dad, you're just, you know, you're in some other country doing some more amazing things. Mm. And, and that's part of the way that, I live with my grief is, you know, he's just on a trip. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I feel you on that, on, on both of your losses. I appreciate that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need some espresso after this baby. (laughs) (laughs) What is the singular thing you believe has had the biggest impact on your life and giving you success?
1: my father and his belief in, wow. you know, my dad was a, a hunter and I grew up with him hunting. So I never faced that part of, you know, is he taking a life when he's hunting or, you know, it just was a sport he did back home. Uh huh. And I would tell him about my struggles. And I, I shared that with my kids the other day. And he would tell me, watch when um, a duck is trying to take off from the water, and 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 I'm like, okay. And he said, look how much they struggle as they flap their wings, and and he said sometimes it takes them a bit to get off the mm-hmm. water and fly. And I said, okay, Dad, but I don't have wings, okay? And, and he said, yeah, but have you ever seen a duck that's sitting in the water saying, I can't fly, so I'm not going to try? Wow. And I would chuckle and say, Dad, I'm not a
0: duck. <laughs>
1: wow. But I always remember that he goes, look, some some flap their wings 10 times, some flap their wings 20 times, some touch water, some don't, some take off immediately. He goes, but at the end of the day, they fly. You will, too.
0: God, you've got to be listening to this. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Okay, I I love your dad. (laughs) Beautiful. You know, I was thinking. I think I was telling somebody, yes, I was telling somebody yesterday, Mm. I said, there are so many new friends with my marriage that I've met. And I always think, oh, you would have loved my dad. Oh, you would have had so much fun with my dad. And I was telling her, I'm like, you would have loved my dad. And I'm hearing you talk. And I'm like, our dads would have been bosom buddies. Oh, seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. I I bet. I bet. Yeah. Yeah that statement that's going in the show notes too. That is epic. That is priceless. Oh that is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And that, that's why you are who you are. <laughs> I mean, you had amazing parents that poured into you and didn't allow you to let limiting thinking or circumstance or anything else yeah. hold you down. It's like, keep flapping, try again, touch down on the water if you need to, but keep going, baby, you got this. Mm-hmm. Oh. Seriously, I was telling my brother
1: this the other day. He goes, When did dad tell you that? I said, Oh my god, every time I called him and said, Dad, I have to do this and I can't do it. I have to take a test and I know I'm gonna fail and I'm gonna do this. And and oh. I said he always talked about, hey, do you we talked about this? I'm like, Yes, but tell me again. Yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> Refill me, please. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, Sherry, too. My dad, yeah. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Um, when you mentioned about the phone call, I would call my dad when I was doing my undergrad work from, I was at University of San Diego, and they had these small private cubicles that had a telephone in them. So you could go in and shut the door and have a conversation. Well, I would go in and call my dad. I'd be so Sobbing. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I mean, like that. Kind of sobbing, you know, he's on first breathe. Okay, now what, what do you think your struggle is? And then he would walk me through it and give me all the confidence and all the strength and all the power that I needed to go out and say, what was I thinking? I got this, you know. I just have to reframe my, you know, my thoughts. And what powerful messages that they both instilled in us.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Yeah. can I'm wiping tears away now. <laughs> if you could go back to your younger self and hand out free advice, what would you say? I'd say, girl, don't worry so much. You're yep. going to figure this out
1: sooner or later and you're okay. You're okay. This yes. continuous struggle of, am I going to be okay? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? And I'd say, don't worry. You got it. That's what I would say. Okay, I love it.
0: Have you ever felt like you were not a renegade woman and if so why?
1: Yes, many times, many 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 times more than I would ever admit to quite a few of them. Uh you know, when you have the pity party and saying, "Oh my god, I told you it was going to happen this way and look what happened." But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's that I think it goes back to my limiting beliefs, mm. creating that that glass ceiling. Some yeah. some prepared by my circumstances. Mm-hmm. Some were prepared by my gender, by my, where I was born, my culture yeah. and whatnot. Some, you know, here because of, again, circumstances, I would say, but some, I placed them in there. Yeah. Right. The, the mind, my mind that said, I think you're X. And then you believe that you're X and then you start behaving like that. Right. And then you're like, but wait a minute. When did I agree to do this? Well, you agreed when you said, you know, you are this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, how does it feel? I think it feels really terrible. I think it, it can... It got me depressed. I know when I got a divorce, it was really, really difficult. And I remember I was sobbing, probably similar to the sobs you were doing when you called your dad. Yes. And my dad was over my house. He came to me. He goes, why are you crying so hard? I said, dad, what do you mean? I mean, look, this, this, that, that. And he looked at me and he goes, do you remember you and I talked about this? And my dad loved my ex-husband. They had mm-hmm. lunch for you know way after we were divorced, every every so often. Uh-huh. And uh I said, I told you that you and him will not make a great couple. And I said, dad, when did you say that? I said, yeah. he, he said, the night that you introduced him to me. He goes, you know, I love the guy. He's a great guy, but I didn't think you were a good match. Yeah. And I said, dad, one time you say that when he's asking for my hand, you know, he said, I only say things once. You have the choice to reject or accept. And he said, yeah. you rejected, And yeah. I said, so now it's my fault. He looks <laughs> like and he said, "It was your call, and it didn't work. So it's okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> what happened to
0: the to the, you know, the duck story? I know, right? Give me a hug and a pep talk, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I so oh appreciated. It. it was
1: yeah. like boots on the grounds, and he told yeah. me at that moment. So I would say that's that's when things when when things get complicated because I somehow, you know, created my own yeah. glass ceiling. And yeah. and yes, painful as it was, but coming to a realization that, you know what, this too shall pass.
0: Yes. Yes, most definitely. And I think that for me, that's the power in the renegade woman is she says, you know what? One more step, one more step. Keep going. Get up. You got this. You know what you're doing. You've got everything you need, and to just make it happen. And those of us that have had a few successes in the area, I mean, we all fall down, we all have to get up, but then we can be a shining light to somebody else and say, Look, I did it. I'm a Black woman. I overcame, I made it happen. You're an Iranian woman you overcame, you made it happen and and then we we're real. I mean, we're not some movie star or some this or that. We are real women that did it and that are still doing it every day. It's super super powerful. Extremely powerful, especially when you face
1: your own your own limiting beliefs. It's yes. like, do you really think that, you know, you can't do this because you are this that or the other? Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, very, 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 very powerful. What women have inspired you?
1: My grandmother, mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey, uh, Cheryl Sandberg, awesome Queen Elizabeth the first one, mm-hmm. the one that they pulled her out of her romance and said, "Okay, now you're a queen." Yes, yes, yeah. see how you do. And recently I have developed an incredible respect for Viola Davis. Oh, yeah. After I read her book. Yes. And I thought, I thought I could, you know, I had controversy, but boy, oh boy. Yeah. So I would add her to my list.
0: Yes. Yes. And all of them. So powerful. I didn't have the honor of meeting your grandmother or knowing her, but these other women, although I've never met them personally, obviously very powerful, very dynamic. Yes. Very, very cool. What is your passion piece right now? You know, I had to think about what is my passion piece. I have to think
1: about this and see really, and I'd say that I live the life that I have, not the one I don't have. Yeah. Not the one I want. It's the life that I have right now with all the people that I have in it with exactly the way it is. Wow. That's what I'm
0: passionate about. Wow. Got more goosebumps. Ooh. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for that. That's beautiful. Of course. What soul care practice do you do? I'm new at this, newer,
1: let's say, at this Uh soul care. I've always been uh, so entertained by my mind chatter that I thought that's all there is. It's me, my mind, and the chatter. And Uh what does it say? And how do I fix what it says? And how do I make it better? And how do I live with it? And how do I deal with it? Then I realized, you know, there's another piece there's yeah. another piece in addition to the chatter, not the part that says, "My, my mind keeps me busy all the time. It's building, creating, fixing. Um, how do I do it better?" And at the end of it, it's surviving me. And then I have a soul who does not survive because it's yeah. doesn't need to be to be in that uh, arena. The soul is it's on its own. So I've learned to. Okay. How, how is that? And I know that one of the pieces that was really helpful for me is I read a few books from Michael Singer and he talks about the soul. Yeah. And, and he talks about, look, there are all these uncomfortableness inside you for whatever the reason may be that you're uncomfortable with and then you try so hard to fix that and then you push it down even further and one of the practices that he talked about and I just really have learned to to practice it is that you don't need to do anything if an uncomfortableness comes up just rest relax and let it come up you've pushed it down with pain yeah. or tears or aggressiveness or whatever the force you have pushed us down with, you know, joy is trying to come up. Yeah. But it's stuck with that. So yeah. witness it and let it come up. I'm like, it can't be that easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, what are you talking about? Right? You don't understand my life. right. But it really is, 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 and it's fantastic. It's yeah. just, you know, I'm lucky if I do it twice a day. Yeah. But it's like, just rest, relax, yeah. and let it come up. That's the soul practice that it has stuck with me and has been so, so, you know, helpful. Yeah. Continuously try, you know, when 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 you're a person that you believe you can, break a glass ceiling you become a fixer okay tell me what the problem is we'll fix it yeah and sometimes the soul just needs you to witness it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and not fix it and and not regret it and not cry about it and not be angry about it just watch it come out and then that joy that we so desperately look for is right there it's right there
0: yeah, it's it's so true. And my word for that process, even though it's not a formalized process, but that word for me is allowing. And when we're able to allow that to happen, I mean, we see miracles occur. You know. Yes. So to be, it let yeah. you
1: let it be. Then it lets right. be. Yep. You know, and the younger I was, the more I would say, but let me tell you, it's really not that. I'm really this. Right, yep. And now I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I'm that. Uh, yeah. Whatever that may be. And there's a tremendous amount of freedom that comes out of that conversation. It's like, oh my God, okay. Now that we have this, let me tell you about, you know, this other part of my life. Yes. So soul, uh, our soul is, it's hard to talk about it but we come here to have an experience yeah right we don't come here to become whatever the ideal self in our mind is to get this degree to drive this car to, to yeah. this kind of money and all of those are fabulous right but that's not the purpose of it so our the purpose of our soul is to gain experience and and it's, uh, you know, life is just beautiful. If you yeah. consider everything that we're dealing with, the, the planet that we live on is like, my God, it's amazing. You go underwater and you watch all these
0: colors and flowers.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the world we live in. So
0: just enjoying that. And it's so healing. Mm-hmm. It's so refreshing and rejuvenating and revitalizing to allow that to happen and for me and in my practice and the things that I do it's it's all about the sanctity of stillness Mm -hmm. and what you can learn within the space of quiet and nothingness and just allowing the process and being a witness it's like whoa I didn't I didn't know that so yeah you said a word
1: that really caught my attention and and that's healing yeah There are experiences in life that I didn't know requires healing.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: I did not know when when I looked at my father and he's no longer living. I need to heal from that. Yeah. You know, or the other day you and I briefly talked about, you know, losing our our pets. Yes. And and I didn't know that I really need to like heal from seeing yeah. um, my wonderful dog passing or you know anything that you know or my divorce or yeah. my you know the oppression in in my country I mean you watch these images and you really need to heal from that because yes. it's so aggressive what happens and yes um, I haven't been good at healing myself but but I'm learning. Yeah. I'm hopeful. And I'm hopeful. Yeah.
0: And I think that too, in in the space of your studies of Michael Singer's books and of that kind of taking the time that that's the beginning of healing. That's, that's opening the door and the heart and the soul to allow healing to come in and do its beautiful work. So mm-hmm. I just want to give you that, that you're in the process already. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm not moving so so quickly. It's been a while, but okay, <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> One step at a time. <laughs> oh, sure. oh my goodness! Oh, sure. How do you feel when you've tended to your soul? Just right, mm-hmm.
1: simple, and you know, being a, a, a single mom who work and still works. The doing part of life takes you, took me over. Yeah. And now looking at my soul, okay, it's actually, I don't really have to do anything. I just have to be the witness. Yeah. It, and that's it. So I love
0: it. That's beautiful. And that's, you know, like my mission is, and I just use the terminology of the sanctity of stillness and to be able to, yes, we have to work, There's there are things that we have to do, but we also have to stop and say, let me take a breath here. Mm-hmm. Let me look at the flowers. Mm-hmm. Let me smell the fragrance of the beauty of the flowers. And sometimes we don't get there until, you know, we're a little bit older, where we can say, this is necessary. Yeah. And then see the benefits within that. So, Yeah. yeah.
1: I think you used another word that caught my attention and that was allowing, yeah. allowing oneself to observe, to heal, to sit still, to breathe, yeah. because the world of you know success is all about doing. It's really yeah. not about stillness. Right. So I love the fact that they are in contradiction with one another, and that's, I think, where the great result will come from. Yes. One prediction of, oh, I gotta be, I've gotta be doing all the time, fixing, building, creating, and uh, no, you
0: don't. You can just yeah. sit still and chill. Yep. And then watch the beauty that is an outcome of sitting and chilling. <laughs> and I think of, as you were speaking, I was thinking of, you know, the tension between the, you know, work, work, work and relax and sort of like this perpetual dance that we do where, you know, they're in contradiction, they're fighting each other. And then what I thought of was, you know, how a, how a diamond is formed. I mean, it's just some ridiculous rock in the earth, but <laughs> when, once you do all the work, And I don't know the right terminology for it, but you grind it and do it and cut it. Whatever you need to do, you have this beautiful thing that people pay so much money for that is considered, you know, so special. And it's the same with us. You know, it's like do the work and then you get to a point where you can just sit back and go, my gosh, look at the way the sun's glowing off me because I've done all the work. Oh, oh, that's beautiful, Lana. Oh, thank you. but it's true. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an analogy for life, you know, and I know I'm thankful. I know you are too, to be able to say, wow, I did some good work, you know, and to own it and enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. Super, super powerful. Well, I have one more question for you. We've kind of touched on it, but if you want to elaborate fine, um, why is soul care important to you? It's gonna sound
1: like a cliche, but I can't think of any any other way of saying it, but that it completes me
0: mm. woo I'll take it <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs>
1: yeah honestly, i just it's like I don't know how to describe it other than than you know that I look for justice, I look for fairness, I look yeah. for those for particularly for women. And I think soul care is that completion. Yeah. That's,
0: that's absolutely a stunning statement. It completes me. Oh, we're going to end with that. Cause I don't know what else to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I have something to say. Yes. Well, yes. I, I want to tell you, I don't know how many years I have known you, but I, I think my son was born, and he's 35. So yes. it's somewhere in that vicinity. Yes. And and I want to tell you, I don't know how long we've been talking, but this has been, and now I totally have goosebumps before I even say it. This has been the most intense, powerful, beautiful conversation that I've ever held with you. Oh. I gotten to see the light uh that comes from you to me and I adore it I mean I've always loved who you you were but now I see more of you and I'm loving what I'm seeing so I wanted to say thank you really thank you
0: well I thank you too and I feel like This conversation and the previous one that we had several months ago, Mm -hmm. talking about the possibility of having you as a guest, I feel the same way. I mean, I always was drawn to you and felt your light and and your power Mm. and your beauty and your graciousness. And um, these two conversations have just been absolutely fabulous. And I thank you for trusting me with your, your words and your heart And I just look forward to more times together uh, that we can make happen because it's really easy to just let things go by the wayside. So I declare that. Very good. Very
1: good. And I witnessed it. So here we are.
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love you. And I will look forward to seeing you sometime sooner than later. Absolutely. My, my pleasure.
1: It really, the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for sharing this time with me. Thank you too.
0: All right. All Take right. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Renegade Women and Soul Care. I hope that you were blessed by the conversation today. It's so exciting and wonderful to be able to talk with these amazing dynamic powerful women about being a renegade, but also taking time to care for their souls. If you know of somebody that would be good to be on the show, please let me know. You can reach me at Arlana at the Ruby Red Slippers And for all things soul care, please check out my website at www.therubyredslippers.com. There's information about retreats and mastermind classes and one-on-one consultations, and also information on my book, Sunsets and Soul Care, which can be purchased through my website and also on Amazon. Please remember to take time and make time for soul care and soul prayer. May you be blessed with peaceful nights and gentle days. Ciao for now.